Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that's been doing jigsaws during lockdown and to be honest, we can't understand what the fuss is about. They're easy. One of them had three plus years on the box. We smashed it inside two days. Speaking of easy, that's how it feels right now watching City. All the pieces have come together and right now it feels like we're never going to lose again. But here comes Spurs this weekend, a side that's enjoyed so much luck against us in recent years, it's beginning to feel like a hex. Will our record-breaking run continue? Is it a record-breaking run anyway? To discuss this and much more, I'm joined today by two guys who always see the big picture. It's Howard and Lloyd. You well, Howard? Yeah, fine, thanks. Not bad. It's Friday. It's early Friday. Yeah. But... (laughs) I've got a dog panting around at 7am, so it doesn't matter. It's, right. I'd, I'd rather do them early than later anyway. So. Yes, I'm hoping so. for at least half the afternoon off to play rubbish computer games or something. <laughs> Living a dream, right? And sort your fantasy team hard. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. God, I don't even know who was in it at the moment. I really don't. I well, someone told me it. to take Fernandes out because you know, you're not allowed United players in. So I did, and that was... <laughs> That was three hours before they won nine nil against Southampton, and I think Suchek put on the bench last week, and he he scored, did he not? For <laughs> the assisted or so, yeah. It's just uh, there's no coming back for me now with fancy football. So, well, at least we've got the bio line there. There's no coming back to me with fancy football. Uh, Lloyd, are you well? Yeah, good mate. Thank you. Happy it's Friday. Yeah, yeah, nearly the weekend. Got that weekend feeling. Do do you guys still get a weekend feeling in lockdown? Uh, well, yes, because I don't, I don't work on a Saturday, so it does have that for it. So. And it's match day still, you know. Regardless, yeah. so. sometimes it is. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and match, every day's match day. I mean, so, <laughs> I mean, <literally laughs> yes. it could be any day, couldn't it? That so. is very true. But I mean, Lloyd, I know you're busy right now working, so I guess you know, a weekend's still a weekend, isn't it? Yeah, you get, I think you get a feeling that, like, oh my, great, I'm going to not do something on this day that's approaching very soon. But it's not yeah. the same as feeling like, because Friday for me is normally like, oh yeah, I can go, go to the pub or go see some mates or, you know, you have that anticipation. Obviously, we can't do that, but yeah. hopefully soon. And we've got Valentine's Day coming up as well as Sunday. So, um, Oh, yeah. another shit I mean, commercial holiday. Fantastic. But, I mean, what can you do this year? I mean, I, I've, I've offered to take my wife out for a lovely slap-up meal, no expense spared, <laughs> but, you know, circumstances <laughs> are circumstances. Exactly. <laughs> In the park, within a mile. <laughs> yeah, a nice picnic. Uh, right, moving on to City. Um, has City's 15-game winning streak, where it's breaking long-standing records, apparently, um, well, it's making the news right now, because maybe it's not even... Uh, a record-breaking winning streak. Um, there's a 20-game winning run from 2017. I'm going to start with you, Howard, uh, because that previous record in- included a penalty shootout win against Wolves. Does it count? I got dragged into this on Twitter. <laughs> you like, dragged yourself into I it. I dragged myself in, obviously, yeah. That uh, is correct. It's definitely the latter. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I should point out I'm not really that bothered. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're arguing over which city run is the greatest of all time in English True, football yeah. or something, which is a great argument to have, really. And I think, yeah, I think very briefly you mentioned it on the Swansea review that the important thing is that league table. Yeah, if this the runs don't really matter to me as much as the runs has created the league table that we see now. That's all that matters. Yeah, and 
the certain records that are important, as Asan said, getting 100 points, you know, saying they were Centurions just means something. It's nice. Uh, but the other stuff doesn't really you know, matter to me. I I don't think a penalty shootout win counts as a win. I mean, sorry, I, what I said on Twitter, and I'm obviously just making it up as I go along, so do keep that in mind, is that a penalty shootout win, you've won the tie, but you've yeah. not won. I don't think it should count as a match win in a if you're counting a run of wins. Okay. Just, just think of this. Sorry, just imagine in the Champions League we go to Much and Gladbach and and draw the away tie two all. Yeah, mm. then the home tie is one all. Have we won the tie? Yeah, away goal. We certainly did not win any of the matches, did we? So that's how <laughs> I personally would differentiate uh, a penalty shootout. Okay. I know officially it is counted as a win. I know that. I'm just giving a personal opinion that I don't think it should be counted in a winning run. But, you know, the issues in the world right now are put this quite low. <laughs> so- yeah, I know. What about in extra time? And if a game's won in extra time, do you count that as a win? No, I know this. It's such a great area. No, I'm mean, only asking. You know, genuinely, could have you could have fell either way on that one. That is a kind of uh, another matter altogether. The winning ones over ninety minutes. I don't okay. Know, so, yeah. Well, now, now Lloyd is going to tear me to bits. <laughs> As the, law- the lawyer, the lawyer will now tear me to shreds. <laughs> um, annoyingly, and for the purposes of debate, uh, I or for the purposes of non-debate. I actually agree with Howard. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, right. um, I thought you didn't. I where I disagree though is I th- I think if you win over extra time, I think that's a win, as opposed to it remaining a draw. I feel for me it's more penalties invalidates um, invalidates the game. So when Mario Götze scored the World Cup final winning goal, was the game a draw? <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Um, Fair point. I don't think so. Um, so I understand why, particularly when you're talking about winning runs, that when it goes to penalties, that invalidates it. I would keep extra time within that. Um, but yeah, annoyingly, um, I was trying to muster up the fortitude before to to get on another fence, but I do actually generally agree with Howard's point. So, Steve, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I... <laughs> I've got nothing to say but generalities, really. I, I mean, because you're both so clearly wrong. It's like someone saying that the sun isn't yellow or something. I mean, how can you contest that? You have to basically just well, put it's orange, the sky in. It's orange, mate. What? <laughs> it's bloody yellow, isn't it? Has it always been orange? Well, it depends how you see it. People see colours differently. So, yet again, you're wrong, Steve. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Hoisted by my own petard. I'm saying everyone sees blue as blue, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is like a Twitter, like, whatever you say on Twitter, someone will find something wrong with it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, I concede. <laughs> no, I, I, per, I think it comes down to your personal you know, interpretation of it. And, and I do get what you mean. Of course I do. A penalty shootout. But... That's still a win. You, you've progressed. You've won the game. You've kind of, you know, you've you've bettered your opponents. Uh, they are, you know, the losers in that particular contest in every possible way to win. Um, I do get where you're coming from, but no, I, I do count penalty shootouts as as a win rather than a draw. So for me, it's like City have got another six games to go to beat the record. Steve, but, can can I ask you two both a question then? Hmm. 
do you think that the current 15-game consecutive winning run in all competitions is better or worse than the consecutive 18-game Premier League run in 17-18? Um, given the circumstances, I because yeah, the next question was going to be how remarkable do you find this run? And I'll answer that myself and say it is astonishing. Um, it's astonishing for any number of reasons, one of which actually leads me on to the next question. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but this has just crept up on us. So that in itself is kind of astonishing. It's, you know, it's not as if we've just come out of the blocks and been brilliant and we've, you know, accumulated one win after another. We were kind of in a bad place, City. And then we won a few games. It's like, oh, great, we're not in a bad place anymore. Then we won a few more games. It's like, oh, we're looking all right now and, and we're looking all right in the league as well. Can we win the league this year? And that was the discussion. It's kind of crept up on us now. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. We just keep winning every single game right now. Um, in every possible way, I think it's better. I think to, to come back as we have and, and basically achieve what we're achieving right now in the circumstances that, you know, it's, it's being achieved, um, with the pandemic and no close season and just everything else. Um, and the fact that, you know, we were being written off. And the team were severely fatigued. And in my opinion, I think the squad needed a severe refresh. It's just unbelievable what we're doing right now. And if we get batted 4-0 tomorrow by Spurs, it doesn't detract from the fact that for 15 games we won consecutively. And for all manner of reasons, it's a phenomenal achievement, I believe. Um, And every single player, every member of staff, and Pep Guardiola should be extremely proud of it because um, it's just gobsmacking for me. Um, Howard? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, context is everything, really. Yes, yeah. And the context of how you know what they did it. And I said, said early in the season where it was all a bit, you know, this is a struggle. But it wasn't a struggle for City. Yeah. Uh, we were, I don't know about, what were we at our worst? About seven? What's, does anyone remember how many points were behind whoever the top team was at any one point? Was oh, it about eight points? Or it was a, a, in that region, yeah. Yeah, and there was always a game in hand, but it was eight points and uh, Everton away. So, yeah, it's not as if... Oh, that's and ev- every game then felt like a must-win, didn't it? For about yeah. three weeks, it really did, yeah. So that don't mean, oh, it's definitely five points. It means it's eight points and the opportunity to get three. Uh, and, yeah, at the time, it's like I felt... Any team, the team that puts together six or seven wins, maybe seven or eight. No one's getting 98 points. No one's getting 100. No one's getting in the 90s. Anyone can get six or you know seven at some point will take control of this title race. And obviously this is all comps, the 15, but I think it's 10 in the league. So that is still, in the context, it's the astonishing achievement. I said, I've said on previous pods this week, what the only one that compares is the winning run after we lost to Newcastle to hold Liverpool off of the title. Was it two seasons ago, whatever? Mm. That's the run that matches it, perhaps. Debate. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. Because again, that ev- I just knew every game in that one, I knew Liverpool weren't going to blink really. So it, it, it felt to me as well like after they drew with Everton, I think it was that put us ahead of them. I knew just we had just deep down I knew we had to win every single game that they won't if we gave them a glimpse they'd take it. So I think that's the only one that compares for me. What well, Lloyd, do you how do you compare kind of well there's three runs really to compare now mm. uh, with how we've thrown that in. How, how do you compare the three? 
Yeah, so we discussed that on the podcast uh, with like a slightly longer time after the Liverpool game, which is like more of a giddy emotional pod. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think that that's a great shout. I think the other one for me is the Premier League consecutive 18 Premier League game run because everything that you two just said, I completely agree with about the con- the context of this season. And I, I think I said again giddily this basically very similar um after the liverpool game i think the only yeah the only other one to look interesting to look at is is the pre- 18 premier league run um and the reason i asked you both that at the start is because technically getting down into the minutiae again um obviously that wasn't consecutive in the sense that we did lose um a couple of games within those within that kind of run of 18 Premier League games but if you just just look at the Premier League games mm. it, it did stretch to 18 and I, I did Google that the other day um, because I, I just couldn't I knew that we, we went you know a few more than 10 and when I saw it was 18 I was like we went 18 on the bounce in 2017-18 I was like yeah. I, I, I actually couldn't I couldn't believe it I couldn't remember because um, it went to that Palace I think it was the Palace game when Edison saved the penalty oh, wasn't yeah, it yeah. and we thought we'd lost it um, and then I we sh- broke up field, didn't we? You know, yeah. And then we almost <laughs> one pass, and we would have won that game. I was fuming at that nil nil. That just shows how yeah. spoiled you. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I, I'm pretty sure we were about what te- we must have been at least ten points clear at the time. It's like we didn't need to win the game, but it's like mm. that one had gone for so long that it was like when it ended, it was it felt, was like, a, New it felt like a huge defeat. So was that like twelve o'clock kickoff on New Year's Eve? Am I wrong there? It was a New Year's Eve, yeah, was, I'm pretty yeah. sure of that. Yeah, it was around that time for sure. Because um, I, was, I was in the pub and I remember that for the rest of the game, for about two or three hours after the game, I stayed there in the pub and, and people were coming in and taking a piss out of me. <laughs> we dropped points and they were being serious. They were like, oh, yeah, what, what about your boys today? <laughs> yeah, Zaha dive, obviously, for a penalty. You're not allowed to say he dives, but he did. And then Scott Dan chopped Kevin De Bruyne yes. in half yeah, on the yeah. counter attack. Oh yeah, I thought, oh no, he's that out for the season, and then he started yeah. the next match. So, <laughs> well, yeah, it was kind of similar to Rodri the other night. Yeah, unlike Scott Dan, who was out for the season, so you could say it's karma. Yeah, we won't, but we could. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, never say that, Lloyd. How much of a disappointment? How kind of disheartening is it to see City? kind of resurrected, revived, rejuvenated, mm. however you want to say it, and not be able to enjoy them week in, week out in the flesh. Yeah, I mean, it, unfortunately it is, um, it is something that's a slight kind of drawback from what's going on emotionally. You know, I can't, I can't help but watch, you know, the Anfield game particularly and just think, fuck, if there were fans there, you know, yeah, if, but yeah. If, if it wasn't, doesn't necessarily have to be me, really. It just if there were fans there and you know, city fans to enjoy it. I mean, imagine, imagine the away Foden, Foden running over to the away. Yes, I thought just the same scored way. that goal. Yeah. I mean, those images would be iconic, you know, jumping be, in. Yeah, yeah, I just personally miss, you know, being able to go and, um, you know, going with Leon or with my mate Tony or whatever, any of that kind of crap. But yeah, I mean, it, it would. It would undoubtedly mean a bit more if we could be there to enjoy it. But as I said, I have to reiterate what I said after the Liverpool game. It doesn't get any better than what's going on at the moment for us. So in a way, we can kind of shut up and just enjoy as good as it can be. 
Well, Lloyd makes a really good point there because for me, it's not just about enjoying the experience of watching City, you know, live. It's the connection between the fans and the players. So, for example, that Anfield game there and, and you know, the kind of Foden goal, for example, that Lloyd references, it, it's sharing the kind of, you know, the achievements with the team, isn't it, Howard? I mean, that's, that's such a part of it. I mean, I look back at, for example, um, the late winner against Southampton with Sterling, um, you know, compare that to how it would be today. Um, yeah, we're, we're missing out on far more than simply going to a game, eating a pie, cheering the lads on and going home, aren't we? Mm. I'll think about the Sterling one at Bournemouth when... Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Sergio Aguero batting off policemen and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, just jumping... Yeah, that moment of ecstasy. So I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's been... I don't know. It's almost a year now of you know since this has all started and you just have to make the most of it. So, yeah, we will be back at some point. I did ask Asen. Well, he, he took it as a joke. If uh, Would we have won 4-1 in a full Anfield? And he just went... What a ridiculous question, but maybe we needed to beat the Hoodoo by just, uh, uh, obviously I'm not saying that the uh, the passionate Liverpool support would have completely given us a different result there, I'm just saying you don't know that it would have been 4-1, you just don't know what any of these results would have been exactly, in the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just just be glad we won 4-1. I know a lot, I've said a lot of fans just don't want, will not whatever City achieved this season won't see this season as a special one because they weren't there and didn't get to experience it in the flesh. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from the achievements of the team itself. In fact, it only you know, heightens them for me in a way because they're having to do it under these circumstances. But yeah. eventually we'll get back and experience those, those emotions again. Well, yeah, and they'll feel extra special, won't they? You know, going to a gig again, going to a game again. Um, they'll they'll feel extra special, or, or maybe not. Maybe I, I think it might feel a bit odd at first. To be honest, I mean, if you put me in yeah. a situation right now where I'm in a gig and I've got like I'm shoulder to shoulders people, and I've got someone you know literally breathing down my neck, and even if you know everyone's been vaccinated, and even if you know that things are safe again, it'll feel really odd. That so maybe there might be that period of kind of reacclimatization, and then then it'll feel special. Um, okay, let's move on to this weekend's game. Um, I bloody hate Spurs. I hate playing them. Um, in recent times, they have just had so much jamminess against us. I mean, some really cruel ones as well, particularly with the kind of, you know, the 4-3 in the Champions League, followed by that 2-2 at the start of the next season. Um, VAR decisions have gone their way. Um, Lloyd, have they become something of a bogey team for City? Oh, under Mourinho. My God, I feel like it's almost been the worst fixture for us since Pep's arrived in terms of just games where you're like, oh my God, how is this happening? (laughs) Um, And it feels like, I feel like the games against Mourinho over the last kind of 18 months have almost felt like those just like pure Pep games in 2016-17 where we'd play well, We'd create loads of chances. Uh, we'd miss all of them. Um, we'd get a penalty and probably miss it. And then they'd someone would score on the break. And then you end the game. And our XG is like massive. We've had loads of chances. And there's, oh, enough, there's like nothing. And they've scored, you know, out of nothing. Um, 
So, I mean, I think the, the you know, the, the positive slant to that though is that we're in great form. They're in rubbish form. Okay, they've just got came back and they have just won a game, but they are generally struggling a lot and have since we, you know, since we played them in when would it have been October or November, our kind of respective uh, kind of form levels and just how how the clubs are have just completely passed each other in the opposite ways. I mean, we have just gone from strength to strength and they have just completely nosedived. So. Um, that is important context, and I think it will have a bearing on on the game. But I don't think it will uh, it will push everything in City's favour because to play the way that Spurs will want to play, um, it doesn't really affect them. That I don't think that they've been in rubbish form. Like, you know, they are relying on Kane and Son to do otherworldly things, but to be able to play a reductive game where you sit in and play on the break, I don't I don't think they're going to be too affected on that front by by this so yeah um, I, I do hope it won't be another one of those just awful games against Mourinho where hmm. afterwards everyone's like oh Mourinho masterclass <laughs> and you have to listen to Sky and they're just like is he still a top manager and you're like oh my god turn this shit off yeah it can't um, happen again just no statistically it just it cannot I mean to, to you know what you referenced there about the chances we've had except um, in the last three games City have had 71 shots. Spurs have had 10. 10 oh. shots. Not on target and off, 10. Um, and we've had one point from those three games. To really put that into context, they've had seven, in those three games again, they've had seven shots on target Spurs and they've scored from six of them. That can't carry on. That's, just- I mean, it, that's mental. In, in a way, I'm going to do a bit of a hock in it. Um, how nice would it be you know, in a in a really perverse way, maybe it would be nice to just have a bit of a boring draw where we just kind of you know take yeah. some points. We don't overexert ourselves. They don't try and mug us off, and it's just a draw. And we can go. Oh, fair. I mean, obviously, I want to win, but you know, something to think about. Well, I mean, they need to win. I think um, Spurs are in a lot of trouble, and but this is a quite a defining fixture for them. Whereas for us, it's not. So you know, the pressure's off. Um, but going back to those kind of seven shots on target and scoring six of them, that shows a certain clinicalness up front, which brings me to the next question, Howard. Are Spurs the Harry Kane team, as Pep famously said? Harry Kane FC, was it? Or- <laughs> yes. I love how he said it. He just, he didn't mean any kind of, he didn't mean to be insulting, and yet he was so insulting. Uh, um, it's obvious, the whole, if they're going to be, if they're going to win games, this. The game plan is obvious. No, they're not that. It's one. It's two. You know, it's yeah, Sun Kane and Sun. Kane. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you've just you've just just looked at Kane was out for a couple of weeks, and Sun was just like a, a lost child wandering around the pitch a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, that that partnership is everything to them. It's like play dead and hope that those two, you know, uh, get you a goal or two. So not quite, but you know, I don't wish injuries on players. But when I heard it, you know. When he was injured, it was supposed to be a few weeks, and I did think if he was out, then our chances in this match are go from good to absolutely excellent. So he will be obviously him. Him and Son being on the pitch will be that's that makes it a completely different game for City. Um, Spurs are going to play dead. I'm absolutely sure of it. They're just 
not going to show any intent apart from they're going to play exactly the same as the home game, as you know their home game in November. Of course, the you say that both teams have gone on a very different paths since then. I don't think Spurs have. I think what they're doing is exactly the same. It's just it was never sustainable. Yeah. Uh, where City obviously have changed things around. So, come on, surely Pep, you would hope Pep's not going to fall for this shtick again of being done on a counter-attack. But, <laughs> you know, they are brilliant on that. at that. So, it's not as if you won't be prepared. It's just that it's what they do best. So, it, they will be a threat with that. We know they're deadly. I think Sun's actually more deadly shot-wise, you know, percentage-wise. Oh, the stats are phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, no, it's not just about Harry Kane. It's about their partnership because, you know, when you've got a partnership like that, like Stones or Diaz, that you kind of know where the other person is all the time. And that's what you feel with Son and Kane. They instinctively don't have to look up. They know the run the other player is making and that's the danger. And they're brilliant at making those runs. So what we don't want is just to be caught on the counter-attack. They have their large swathes of the pitch to run into. But obviously, Pep's, this is for City a very very different team to one from just two months ago so the issue of course is will we have that same team I don't Diaz didn't train yesterday sounds like Diaz is out I don't think there's no way if he's got stomach problems or fever there's no way he'll have the the energy to start so I imagine it'll be a Stones Laporte which is hardly the end of the world is it (laughs) so uh, but you know breaking up that partnership uh, it's, it'll be important how well they deal with them, basically. I think it's a key part of the game. Well, yeah, it deprives us of a real fascinating matchup of Sun Kane versus Stone Diaz. Um, in the same manner, actually, as going back to last week at Anfield, I, I would have liked the fans to have been there. I would have liked to have been as hostile as it's been in the past, just to see how our defence really stood up, you know, to that. Um, you know, th- just to interject, though, I actually mm. think, I think a really particular, really potentially interesting narrative from this game is that if Laporte does start, it actually almost brings him full circle back from this game when he got dropped, when he had the poor performance. And it offers a big, I think, redemption possibility for him. If Diaz is out and he has to play against Kane and Son with Stones, I think that's a massive opportunity for Laporte to say to Pep, look, I had a shit game last time we played these, but look what I did today. Um, so I think I think that's really interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, let's move on to the managers because something that occurred to me in kind of putting together the agenda for this, um, this may kind of fall flat in its face. You two may laugh at me, but I'm going to go ahead with this anyway. <laughs> um, thinking back to Mourinho and Pep when they both came to Manchester, clearly Pep's won that duel. You know, there's no kind of conversation to be had on that, but... In a st- strange way, Howard, did we miss out on a real rivalry for the ages? Let's say that United, you know, everything had clicked at United for Mourinho. Then you'd have City and United challenging at the top, a proper duopoly, all Manchester, two most successful managers in recent times, duking it out each and every week. Imagine all the comments in the press, imagine all the sniding going on before derbies. We, we missed out there, didn't we? No. <laughs> No, okay, let's move on. No, much, much better that Pep wins a duel and he sods off. Yeah, fair enough. But, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I don't want United to be our main rivals or dueling for titles. Look, I'll be honest, you probably should have asked Lloyd this first. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to uh, Lloyd, yeah. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I, don't, I find it. I find the managerial dueling thing quite boring. 
Um, right. I think it's more about individual managers, how they do, and the players. I find it's just a press construct a lot of the time. Uh, it's just made up, you know, just it gives them easy copy and headlines. But more importantly, all, I c- can't stand Mourinho, and I t- the less I have to read about him, the better. So, yeah. you know, I just... No, I don't want him at the top of the game. All fair I, I want to see him suffer. Uh, I mean, again, it's something else I've said before. Very straight. There's a lot of football managers. I don't. Yeah, I watched some of that documentary on Spurs. Uh, very Jekyll and Hyde. A lot of managers that you'll you'll see him off the pitch, and you think, what well, you know, really nice guy. Uh, and that's how Mourinho comes across. It. Erudite, intelligent, good company. Everything. You know, if, if you weren't involved. If you were to play for him, you think, you know, what an amazing guy. But then he turns into something else when it's on the pitch, when he's in press conferences and mm. he's talking about opposition. So it's hard to, you know, and I just, I found that, found his shtick quite boring about seven or eight years ago. So no, I really did not want endless Duncan Castle's articles about Mourinho <laughs> get, you know, tactically besting Pep or whatever. I was very glad when he was sacked. And that he just left Manchester. So I just, I just, I don't know. I'd just rather concentrate on the football rather than stuff like that nowadays. I think it's been quite tiring over the last decade trying to create narratives. I know people have to, you have to, you have to put stories forward. Uh, but no, it's not really interested me ever. Okay. Well, I mean, it's hard to contest those points, but Lloyd, is there anything in what I say? I mean, obviously, I, I you know, given the choice, I would have chosen how it's panned out. Uh, it's been hilarious, frankly. Um, but I still feel we've missed out on, on a real kind of memorable kind of duel. Um, anything in what I've said? Yeah, and I, I, I know what you mean. Um, because I think if you look back to Pep's time in Barcelona when Mourinho was at Madrid, yeah, um, some of the ding-dongs that were going on there were really fun to watch. I think the problem was, though, they were more fun to watch because we weren't involved in them. And we weren't either a Barca or a Real fan because some of the, like the pettiness in the games between the managers and the press conferences, between the coaches going down the tunnel was like hilarious. But if that was your team, you'd be a bit like, mm, that's, you know, I'm not sure about this. This is a bit, you know, this seems a bit much. Um, but I know what you mean. I think looking back as well, it's, it's, it helps. Um, and it's easier for us to imagine the possibility when I think we all in the back of our head knew, knew that Pep was going to win in terms yeah. of that battle and, um, had every confidence that he would do so. Um, I think the Mourinho is a strange one because really for me, before the Spurs documentary, I've always really hated him and hoped that everything goes terribly for him. Um, and then I watched that and then I was like, oh, he actually seems, he actually seems quite nice. And then maybe that's me just being a flannel being drawn in, um, by a small amount of human spirit shown by Mourinho. But, um, I, I related to him a bit and thought he seemed like a decent bloke. Uh, but now I'm just back to, um, thinking that he's a bit of a mug again. So, um, I hope we pull their trousers down at the weekend. Yeah, he's oh, playing absolutely. the character in a way, isn't he, when he's a football manager? But that's what really bored me. It's like, there was a period of a good three, four years, yeah, probably at Chelsea more than anything, where every word he said was like psychoanalyzing, like, oh, mind games, and oh, he said that for a reason. It's like, do you really think, <laughs> you don't have to analyze every word and think that he's trying to get under someone's skin. Or that there was this assumption that everything he said worked as well, and 
you know, really rattled other managers. And sometimes you just most surely most managers just get asked a question and answer it. And it, yeah, it got very tedious for me. He went too far as well. I mean, his kind of comments about um, Wenger. He he crossed the line there. He really did go too far with the voyeur stuff and specialist in failure as well. How disrespectful is that? Oh yeah, he 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 was he was a bit of a mug at that stage, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think though, to be fair, like t- two thousand and four, five, like early Mourinho when he first like plopped himself into the Premier League was quite fun. Oh, it's um, box office. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't think he oper- he doesn't operate in the same way. You know, he's he's an older guy. I think that's fair enough. Um, that would be it. Would be great to see kind of that Mourinho back, but um, it's never going to happen. So we're dealing with twenty twenty one grey and dour faced Jose. <laughs> so yeah, but and uh, just a question: How do you think? Do you think it really matters that they played extra time during the week? Uh, I never put. I never place. Well, just personally, I never place that much stock into that. So if it's a midweek game and it goes to extra time, I see on Twitter a lot of City fans or, you know, other fans if it involves their team saying, oh, this is great for us. I never personally place too much stock into that. And obviously lost an extra time. That obviously counts as a draw they had in midweek, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be a little bit more tired, but they're athletes and they've got three days to, to recover from it. I don't think it really factors in uh, it would factor in if it was a cup game and you know the possibility of this game going to extra time too because then if there's two consecutive games which have gone on to 120 minutes you'd expect them to tire in the latter 30 but across 90 minutes I don't think it plays too much part of it um, talking of which how do you think this game's going to play out Lloyd do you agree with Howard do you think the Spurs will play dead Um it's worth bearing in mind as well that City have picked up a very welcome habit of scoring early recently. Yeah. Um, my God, I, I actually think, strangely, this is probably one of the easiest games to predict this season with how it's going to play out. Um, yeah. I would be shocked if it's anything other than a very similar game to what it was last time and um, what it has been in previous Mourinho games, which is that We'll dominate the ball. Um, I think we'll obviously have most possession. I imagine we'll create most of the chances. And Spurs are just going to rely on moments, as Gary Neville often says in commentary in these games. I think they're just literally going to rely on probably 10 or so times that Son and or Kane receives the ball and whether they can basically make four or five correct decisions, passes, (laughs) movements, and see if they can score. Um, I think the really interesting thing will be actually whether Mourinho plays another attacker with those two or whether he plays the kind of four in midfield because back in that run around uh, kind of October, November when Son and Kane were playing so well, he was generally playing, sometimes playing Bergvine with, with them, but um, quite often playing a midfield four of, say, Hoiberg, Sissoko, and Don Bele is the slightly more advanced player, and then Lo Celso, or a fourth kind of centre mid. So it'd be interesting to see whether Mourinho actually, you know, goes for it a little bit in in playing a Lucas or a Bergvine. Um, I think that will probably only help City, to be honest. Um, but no, I, I just imagine it's just going to be another one of those just kind of slugfest games, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can score. The first goal, because I think what the problem is, if you go behind against Spurs, 
you know, it's it's uphill because they can defend well and it just gives them the opportunity then. They know that if they just manage to grab another one on the break, uh, which, you, you know, the chances are probably greater because you'll be going for it even further, then at that point the game's probably curtains, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah I'd be very surprised if it doesn't play out somewhere like that. They do have that strange kind of, um, you know, if we've got a welcome habit of scoring early, if they've got, a, for them, a very unwelcome habit of conceding late, though. So that always gives us hope, no matter what, how this pans out this weekend. Um, Spurs, I think, have conceded more in the last kind of five minutes than any other team in the Premier League. So, again, that's worth bearing in mind. Um, with regards to team prediction, Howard, um, we've already mentioned about the probability of Laporte and Stones. Um Let's not go through the whole one to eleven. Let's, is there any kind of surprises in there? Do you think, uh, or any players who you think you know will almost certainly start and should start? No, nothing left field. I don't think. I don't mean no. on the left of the field. Just nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Pep. Overthink. Yeah. Uh, could obviously sweating after the match which says it all uh, about Rodri on your WhatsApp <laughs> on Wednesday yes. night. Yeah, uh, he could barely walk down the tunnel, but he was training yesterday, so I assume it was just a dead leg. Or I don't know, uh, but he was in the training pictures, so that's great. Uh, because Fernandinho don't know if he'd be fit, so you know if neither of them were available, then obviously Gundogan would probably have to drop back. Uh, but let's assume Rodri's fit if he's training, he should be. Uh, no, nothing really. Again, again, we're just discussing. You know, Phil Foden should be in Bernardo. Uh, we're discussing the the wide positions in the forward again. Yeah. I think I think Jesus will start in this game definitely. I think Ryan Sterling will start. Uh, have I said too many players? Then you know, uh, Mares. So no, I don't think anything overly different to, and nor should it be to what's gone before. Now, do you think okay. Phil or Phil or Mares then? How I think Phil personally. I think it should be Phil. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it just shows the progress he's made, doesn't it? That he is, for me now, just one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, what about a score prediction, Lloyd? Uh, oh, buddy, uh, I wasn't ready for that, Steve. I was about to answer the team question. Uh, <laughs> oh. Well, do you want to start with a team set? Is there anything you disagree okay, with? Okay, I'll one? start with a team question. Uh, no, I agree. I think, I think Jesus will be the big change from the Liverpool game because I think... His off the ball work. I think Pep will want him in for this game. Um, I think he did a re- he played really well last time we played them. Actually, if we all kind of remember that game, mm. um, and yeah, I imagine he comes in and obviously scored a lovely goal and is on a decent scoring run now. I think um, particularly starts. I think he scored in his last four starts, which. It feels like a long time coming, and is not something you can often say about Jesus. So. Just try and build on that. Um, yeah, I imagine it'll be probably Raz, um, Foden and Jesus. Midfield picks itself and back four will pick itself, I think, if um, if Diaz is out. Um, score well, prediction. Are you, are you assuming Cancelo comes in for Carlo? I was going to ask that, yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't drop Cancelo. Pep knows no. that. I'd be, I'd be staggered if you drop Cancelo. He's best. To, to do a Liverpoolism, he's the best right back in the world at the moment. Um, probably. Uh, so, so, no way. I'd be very surprised. Um, score prediction. I don't think we'll lose. Um, 
I wouldn't be shocked if City draw, though. That being said, I just feel we're on such a good run. It will end eventually. Spurs are a good team. You know, it would, it's, it's by no means out of the question that we'll get a draw, but I, I'm going to predict a win. Um, I think we will edge it. I think it'll be 2-1. Um, I think, um, I think we'll score first, but I think they'll, they'll grab one. So I think 2-1. Okay. It's 2-0 for me, Howard. I mean, I'll have to go for the same score that someone else has said. Of course you are. Well, no, the first, my first thought was 2-1. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, the clean sheets won't go on forever. Uh, well, they don't in the cup anyway, but in the league anyway. Uh, yeah, I think they've got a goal in them. It'll be a, it will be attritional, I think. So, yeah, and they were said that about Swansea during the week. So, what do I know? Uh, but you know, it's just you said if is it crept up under something special? Well, while we're five points clear, mm. uh, we'll play Everton in the week. Then obviously no one else will be playing because it's our game in hand, is it not? So, yeah. We're not. We're nowhere near clear of anything yet. We're not. We're not. Yeah, you know, we're only into the knockout rounds of the Champions League. Uh, the FA Cup draw Everton away is, you know, obviously a tough one. Uh, but there was plenty of good sides left, so no surprise there. So nothing's. We're not even close to talking about it. I think it being the most special of seasons yet. We're just, just obviously in the moment. We couldn't have asked for more considering where we were a couple of months ago. But it's, yeah, as you say, United have got, United don't win the easy games. And, you know, no, I don't think any of the other teams have won the easy games and struggled with the hard ones. There's been no logic to much of the games, but United have got quite a pleasant run in the league now. So it wouldn't be that surprising if the gap's less than five, you know, with us having Spurs... Arsenal. Everton, Arsenal coming up, or we mm. could just be brilliant in all of them, and, you know, and, and take nine points. And if we do, even I will say this title race is over if we take yeah. nine points in the next week. But it could be less, and that's not the end of the world because obviously we'll then have an easier one, and they'll have a more difficult one. So we'll, we'll still be, we should really come out of the next week still with a huge advantage, even if we don't take all, you know, full points in all the games. Okay. Uh, well, time is running against us, lads, and I wanted to kind of look at Leicester, Liverpool. Um, I still do, but let's just kind of get through this quite quickly. Um, who wants Liverpool? Who wants Leicester? Do you mean who who don't want to win? Or uh, no, sorry, discuss. Uh, who do you, to discuss. Uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll just say quickly, Leicester. It's uh... yeah, you have Leicester, okay? Right. Well, we'll start with Liverpool and go to Lloyd then. Um, just kind of one question, Lloyd. Uh, just how bad are Liverpool right now? How bad's their crisis? Can they turn things around or are they done for? Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I said this on the podcast after the Liverpool game. I don't think we've, I don't think what's happened there is fully kind of run its course yet. Yeah. Um, I agree with that, yeah. I think. Also, obviously, I'd like to mention the news about Klopp this week is obviously awful. And I think that does shine a bit of a light potentially on his mood um, and does show you that none of us know what's going on in people's personal lives when we're obviously taking the piss. Um, So I think that's I think that's probably quite significant, actually, on Liverpool at the moment. It can't not be. but yeah, I, I just I don't get the feeling that kind of they've reached their lowest ebb yet. It does feel like 
you know, I, I thought they were probably, you know, I, I still thought we were going to win, but I thought there's obviously a good chance they'd get something out of the game against us. That makes it three in a row. Losses at home for them in the league yeah. after going, what, 69 unbeaten before the Burnley game? 68, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it feels, it does feel significant. I think they've, you know, they're, it sounds like Joss is close to being back. So I think that will be big for them because they've really missed him. Um, even though they've missed the, the centre backs, obviously. Um, but no, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to, from now, there's going to be a kind of a massive upturn and there's going to be a big recovery and they're going to run City close. I feel, which is weird because I wasn't saying this a few weeks ago, but just with how things have, have turned since then, I just don't have that impression. Um, don't get me wrong, they'll still win plenty of games between now and the end of the season. But um, it's, it is games like this weekend against Leicester, where particularly with Vardy being back, you know, Leicester can easily get points against Liverpool at the moment, easily. You know, they play they play in a kind of way that any big team, you know, we, we saw what Leicester did to... To Spurs earlier in the season, um, you know they were great against United. Like they, they can easily nick points from Liverpool, so it's definitely one to keep your eye on. I imagine the Scousers will be hell bent on getting a win, and I wouldn't be too surprised if they did. But I don't. I think generally with their ru- their run over the next few games, I don't think it's going to be win, 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 win in response to what's happened against City. Just no. one sentence, Steve, because I know it's not yeah. my question. I think they, don't, they could they obviously could just throw their eggs into one basket, the Champions League, which they've always got a chance of winning. But the problem yeah, is the they point. now have to, unless they know they're going to win the Champions League, they have to secure that top four place as well. So they can't throw their eggs into one basket. So, yeah, it could be tough times ahead. But I still think they'd come back as normal next season. But they haven't got the money to reinforce. That's the issue. Yeah, I mean, as regards to Leicester this weekend, I can see Liverpool winning, to be honest, because I see so many similarities between them and City from last season. And City became a reactive team um, last season. I mean, you look at the loss uh, against Norwich, and the following, what, seven days later, we batted Watford 8-0. I, I can see Liverpool becoming a reactive team this year, and they've just lost two on the bounce against Brighton and City. I think they're going to really go at Leicester. Uh, they'll have a point to prove. They'll feel like they're being written off. We saw with City last year, whenever it got to the point where they were being written off, they they responded strongly. And I think, you know, because we're a great team still, City, last season, even though we were in the somewhat relative doldrums. Um, I think we'll see the same with Liverpool. Which is bad news for Leicester, potentially. Um, Howard, are they genuine title contenders? And are they getting anything like the recognition they deserve right now? Uh, title contenders probably no what, what they are are part of the big six now or right, I yeah. think the top four genuine annual top four contenders the part of the establishment now I think I think they've done enough now to prove obviously they've completely capitulated at the end of last season you know which when when Project Restart started uh, started it was like they were nailed on for top four. I couldn't see how they could lose so many points, but they somehow did. Yeah. I don't just just don't see that happening again. They're not. They won't just win every match. Yeah, there might be a little slump, or but I just I look at that squad and it's 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 young, it's vibrant, and it's it's a real handy squad. Really, <laughs> it really is. It's got plenty of talent in it. It's well yeah. balanced. It's got a bit about it. Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. City have said sixteen to one on to win the title is, which might yeah might 
change very much over the weekend. So I don't think the title contenders, because they are, as it stands, obviously seven points behind City, having played a game more. But I do think they will finish in the top four. I think they've got enough about them not to slump and to be fairly consistent. And I I can watch this match now in a relaxed mood because of City's run. Yeah. And I think it should be an absolutely cracking match. I've said yeah, that now. It'll be the worst nil-nil we've ever seen. No, it's, first, it's the first up match as well, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it's the it's early Saturday one. match. And I'm, I am oh, really start looking the forward to well. this. <laughs> well, yeah, as regards to kind of last year, I mean, I agree with you, Howard. I think last season, they <clears throat> those two games against City and Liverpool really affected them. And then they went on that kind of downward slump. And it, they've pushed through that this year. Uh, I can see them doing well. Um yeah, I, I fancy Liverpool to win this weekend, but overall this season, uh, I fancy Leicester to to do well and to be in relative contention throughout. Um, so, yeah, and, and we will secure a top four finish, which will be so, so important to them. I will say as well, by the way, if the Foxes do win this weekend, uh, four points behind City, but with two games having played more, I think a media narrative might start up that you know Leicester could be challenging City this year. Uh, I think the media... They can't bang the drum for three or four months that, you know, it's City's title and they've got one hand on the trophy. They can't do that for three months. They need another horse in that race to make it interesting and to sell, you know, papers and to get clicks. <clears throat> That's either going to be Leicester or United. Uh, so it very well could be Leicester, which will mean they finally get the recognition that they deserve under Rodgers. Um, right, thank you very much for joining me today, Lloyd. Cheers, Steve. And thank you very much, Howard. Yeah, enjoyed that. And thanks for listening in, everyone. Uh, that's a wrap for today. We're all off to laugh once again at the plush player dolls that are available on the Spurs site. And if you have no idea what I'm referring to, please, please go check them out. They are unbelievable. In the meantime, take care, everyone, and forever up the blues.